Comrades and friends, hello. Uh, we're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines. We're in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, as always, we have Super Producer Carl here uh, with us in the studio, and we welcome back our friend and city council person, Sinead Darby. Hello. Hello. Happy to be back. And uh, and one of Sinead's uh, beautiful children is, is here. Hello. Yes, Samira. Samira. Yeah, she's waving over there. We don't have her mic'd up because, uh, you know, she could get real mad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just smiles. <laughs> she's, doing her, uh, she's, she's doing her workbook. So um, I have tons of stuff to talk about uh, related to Wilmington uh, and its governance. And also, like, other stuff you're working on because you have, like, we were on a call about just other sort of nonprofit and activism stuff last week, and we, we, you, it wasn't even mentioned that you're also on the city council, which is pretty funny, I thought. It's <laughs> also doing this whole other thing. Uh, I love it. Um, but I, I mentioned, and I don't know if it, if it went out um, on the podcast or not, but I mentioned that um, Nurse Susan, uh, my better half, uh, was working um, with the Senate, the state Senate, to uh, write a bill that was going to impact, like, healthcare stuff. Like, yeah. she knows about health insurance and billing and all of that stuff and, and women's health care, and it was working with Laura Sturgeon. Right. And um, she got a call a few weeks ago that the bill had been submitted, and I'm like, oh, that's neat. And so I'm making coffee, and she's running out, because she had clinic today, so she's running out um, to open up the OR, and she goes, so how long do they give, like, expert witnesses at committee hearings? And I'm like... I don't really know. I think they get a little longer than, like, public comment, I think. But, like, are you going to do it? Like, I didn't even know what, what was happening. She's like, no, no, I got to dial in. I got to dial in at such and such a time and go to this committee because I I was an advisor on writing this bill. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, well, you know, let me know how it goes. So I just got this text message, uh, let's see, about 40 minutes ago. <clears throat> they don't give expert witnesses 15 minutes. I wish I was prepped better as far as expectations. Try not to take it personally. I didn't get a link until five minutes before. Then I was put into the public comment section, not the expert section. Uh, she's like, I couldn't unmute my thing when I was asked to speak because she was in public comment. So they were like, well, why did you do this? And she's like, I did I, nothing. So it was a, it was a, it was a, just a, a, a remarkably bad experience for her. Um, I, I did tell her that I, my, it's my understanding that did the General Assembly just uh, just uh, sack a bunch of aides or reshuffle the, the number of aides? What, what's going on? Yeah, that? they fired several people, and then several people quit. Okay. So this is just a um, – so my wife is not involved in any of this, like, governance, political stuff. That's why she asked me. She doesn't know any of this stuff. Um, but uh, as an expert witness, uh, I can say that she was completely um, underwhelmed by the – by the process and the unprofessional nature of the committee hearing. And so um, maybe the people who are in charge should think about that when they're, um, you know, hiring aides, firing them, uh, trying to retain them or not retain them because it's a fucking shambles down there. They need um, to unionize. You're well, fine. <laughs> they, 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 they did. I mean, I, I, they, they attempted to unionize, I guess, and that was like, I guess, just railroaded, right? Is that Well, maybe that? a certain somebody talked to a certain union and got them to do a certain something to keep them from being able to unionize oh okay so they did that move the yeah. underhanded move okay 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's how that goes. Well, I mean, at least they didn't unionize. I mean, you're, here's, here's, the, here's the difficult part. I think a lot of the, I, I, you know, how do I want to put this? They like to go through the motions of like, hey, we had the hearing. Um, but frankly, you know, the, the fact that things don't run that well um, or they're like fly by the seat of your pants, like we'll get there when we get there. Oh, we didn't get there. We're going to we'll, we'll we'll push it off till tomorrow. I think a lot of that's by design. I mean, the institution is it's a part time sort of um, it's, it's a part time rally down there. And I think that's probably a little bit by design. I think a lot of people are fine with that. Um, but it is incredibly embarrassing um, when a person who uh, is a long term professional goes to give expert testimony and is like logging into, uh, you know, a bunch of morons on a Zoom call. You know, I think that, you know, it's I mean, I don't care. I'm, I make fun of those people all the time, but it is quite embarrassing. So I, I wanted to I wanted to clue you in on that, Carl, because I, I heard from somebody we were somewhere about like the, the big reshuffle of the of the legislative aides. And I figured that had probably something to do with it. So I'll let Susan know tonight. So how are you generally? How are you feeling, Janae? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm okay. feeling good. There's a lot of good things happening. Busy, as usual. Yeah. Um, but productive, efficient, and a lot of things are moving in the right direction. I'm looking forward, like, on a city council end. I'm looking forward to 2024. So I'm preparing myself to run again. I am not a fan of running for office, but I got to do it. That's how you get in office, huh? Right. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is one of the big steps. Yes. Like, yeah, it's one of the steps here. So like trying to get ready for that, but also thinking of how can I support other people who want to run in 2024 to make it a more, um, for me, a more positive environment or with people who are willing to stand up for what is right. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So I haven't really found too many people. <laughs> Nobody wants to run. You know, so that's hard. Nobody wants to run, but we need people to step up. We really do. Yeah, I mean, it's inc incredibly difficult when, I mean, you look at the city council and, you know, it's it's not, uh, I the way I look at it, it's not a functioning I agree. Body. It doesn't function properly. Um, you know, at least the General Assembly has the veneer of functionality. And like I just said, you know, it doesn't, re under the surface, it doesn't really function. It functions for the interests of a small group and it's run by a small group. The city council is actually different. It doesn't function at all, and the city is just run from the executive side. It seems Correct. that's how it seems to me. No, it is that way. There's things I come across, and I'm like, why? Like, why don't we have this right? Why don't we, like, for example, um, they can post things on the agenda without a piece of legislation being available for me as a council person to read it or the public. That's basic to me. For me to be able to be an effective council person, I need it to be able to read the legislation you're posting on the agenda. I need the public. The public is reaching out to me. Where is the legislation? I don't know. So then I submitted a legislation request that said, uh, just like you, you have to wait to file it on the state end before you can even take it to committee. It gets filed first. We need to file it first so that people can read it, digest it, get have feedback and thoughts, and be able to participate efficiently at the meetings. I can't do that if you wait to the day of to post the legislation. And now I'm scrambling, and then, you know, city council's a part-time job, so I have to have a full-time job. So I'm scrambling, trying to balance everything to read to be prepared for a meeting, which I should have been prepared for seven days ago, according to FOIA. 
So, and they said they try to get around the technicality. They said it, it just has to be posted. It doesn't say the legislation has to be posted. I said, all right, let's change it then. So, like, things like that. It's like, the, like those little things stop you from being able to function as an effective counsel when those little things aren't happening. So, those some of my issues or problems I'm running into now. And like you said, I feels like a very um, parent-child relationship with the administration they're like the parent. They tell us what to do, and they just scramble and do it, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a equal branch. It's not. Um, it's not equal at all. So yeah, and and I think that that's the way a lot of the 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 state and municipal governments run in Delaware is you know there's a there's a group of people who really run it, and the representatives uh, are basically told what they're going to do and what parameters they can work in. You know, you see that at the general assembly all the time. Um, so yeah, and, and I think that that's why it's difficult to sort of recruit people and, and, and say like, Hey, can you come help me out? And people look at me like, that doesn't look like a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. it's not, but it, uh, uh, but it's, um, it's something other than fun, but it's quite important. I know. I know. Yeah. So 2024, looking forward to it. Hopefully you want to run, you know, um, we could try to make change together. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I can promise. Can't promise nothing else. Yeah, speak, speaking of, of procedure and policy and sort of FOIA and how you do your work, let, let's go over some of these because I don't think we've talked about some of the things that have come up over the last, say, six months yeah, or so. Yeah. So let's let's talk about them. One, um, got dinged, got a FOIA ding uh, for going into executive session and picking new council members to fill out terms of uh, of people who had uh, resigned or, or passed away, yeah. I guess, had a, had a – it was a – I guess that's, I guess being a, that's the other thing too. Being a Wilmington City Council person seems like it's not good for your health either. It's um, not. You have to <laughs> you have to create boundaries with these people. Um, and I'm very like, okay, contact me on my city council phone for that. You know, like yeah. you have to create boundaries. Um, and you have to like I'm learning. Like I'm not going to say nothing about that. Oh, like okay, but today I'm going to say something about this. Like just yeah. figuring out what the when to talk, when not to talk, when to make a statement or not, or to make a statement and just let it be, knowing that that legislation is going to go through still, right? Just putting it on record. A lot of things I'm like, I'm just going to build the awareness, put it on record, and that's it. And I know that's all. Like, just understanding how far something can go, I think, and then being okay with that is where I am. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you mentioned but, that before, too, which is important. It's like, look, there's nothing I can really do about this right now just because of numbers and the way that things work, but I want to be on record, and I'm not, I'm not voting for it, and I'm speaking out against it. Right, yeah. And then that's it. Like it it, it it might not it might not do anything today, um, but hopefully that's the kind of stuff that people see and say, oh yeah, I'd like to go do that. Like yep. at, at least raise my hand and be like, nope, this is wrong, and I'm I'm not for it. Yep, yep. And and as we were talking about the FOIA violation, so we had three vacancies. Um, all three of those previous council people had passed away, so all three of them were a violation of FOIA. So the process to um, electing someone when there's a vacancy is that city council makes that decision. It's in the hands of us, which I don't trust, don't believe in. And um, honestly, I think that it should be a special election without the Democratic Party electing somebody. And that's a whole nother beef I have. But um, specifically with city council selecting, we're supposed to go into executive session to give people identifiers. So if there's three people, it's A, B, C, one, two, three. We give them a number or a letter or whatever the identifier is, and then we're supposed to vote to go back out of executive committee and then vote publicly. What happened was um, the lead on this was Councilmember Michelle Harley, who represents the 4th District, which is mainly Southbridge, the Riverfront area, and some parts of the downtown. 
she was very adamant in recruiting people to say she does not want to vote in public, right? Um, what I think happened with a lot of the people that agreed to it, they lied to people and said, oh, I'm going to vote for you. And then when they were in executive session, voted for someone else, right? Um, or um, um, another argument that Councilmember Harley made within the executive committee is that she feels like this is a private vote. Like when we go vote on election day, we go in the booth and it's by ourselves. But I'm like, we are public officials making a public decision. So it needs to be public, right? Um, so I argue that, but I was outnumbered. So we had to vote in executive session three times. Um, in that, um, the attorney general's office was contacted because it was a violation of FOIA. The law department told us not to stay in executive session and vote. It was a violation of FOIA. But my thing is, council knows that the majority of public are not paying attention and they don't know how to hold them accountable, right? Now, a lot of people don't know to call the AG office for a FOIA violation. Like, people just don't know, right? I didn't know until someone was like, you can contact the AG office. I said, oh, really? <laughs> Let me do what I need to do, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, then through that, um, through um, 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 Pastor Curry, as you, you'll see the documentation, he submitted it. Um, he's a pastor over in Southbridge. He has a few other shows. He does um, TV and radio shows. And um, he submitted that. And it was for all three positions. However, since um, Councilmember Mills was over a year, we couldn't redo his vote. Right. So my thing wasn't about if that person won or not. Like, I have no issue with the council people that are in their seats now. It was more of the principle of you can't do what you want to do. Yeah. And even the, the, the pastor who filed the. The complaint, and I, I just reread it this morning to like brush up on it. You know, it wasn't like he was uh, a candidate in any way. Um, he didn't. He wasn't even supporting a particular candidate. He was just Correct. like, "This is not right." Yep. You know, you can't just go in the back room and decide, especially. Well, first of all, knowing going into it that the legal team told you that you couldn't. Yeah. And then doing it anyway, I think it's pretty. Ref it, it, it it sort of legitimizes my view, and that a lot of this stuff aren't. They're not. You know, you just ask for forgiveness and see how bad you're going to get a slap on the wrist. Yep. That's sort of what happened here. And I think we saw it again later on when, uh, even after Theo Gregory gets found guilty of, you know, uh, sort of funneling money into a, an, uh, a nonprofit that he has this interest in, we see Zen, uh, we see Miss Oliver doing the same thing. Yes. Um. And you know, I I I've done some research into that with a, with a smaller team too, and there is absolutely no way in the world that she didn't know that that was there. I'm 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 I, telling I, you, there was no. I know, and I'm very open and honest. I put in the uh, ethics complaint on Councilmember Oliver specifically because last year Councilmember, well, I think. What year? But 2023. So early 2022, about March, we got noticed that HUD funds that the city had to pay back HUD funds. Right? It was going to come from taxpayer dollars. Right. right? Just, I mean, and let me let Go me ahead, give yeah. it, let me let me level set everybody. Okay. Yeah. So the 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 money that the so Norman Oliver, Xanthea's mm -hmm. brother, had a nonprofit that was going to build two units of affordable housing, uh, that were going to get HUD funds. Yep. But there is a long list of um, criteria and things that you need to do. There's a process. You need to do X. When you when you get contractors, you need to get their bids in a certain way, X, Y, Z, all, all of the federal sort of rules that apply. Well, none of those were – those weren't followed. Um, so there is there, – now HUD is monitoring all of that stuff uh, because uh, there was, you know, 
there was issues with how issues with the with the housing rules not being followed um, to to take this action. So I just wanted to make sure everybody was caught up with that, caught up to speed of what you were what you were talking about, because that yeah. was yeah that was a year ago. Yeah, that was over uh, about a year ago, a little bit over a year, and it, uh, during that time we were able to submit a letter um, to like a HUD committee on um, the findings. So I committed, I mean, I submitted a um, a notice. Uh, I wrote a letter, and the only people who were on that that email was HUD and um, Bob Weir from the Real Estate and Housing. Those are the only two people. I get a call within a matter of 30 minutes um, from um, Norman Oliver. He's blowing my phone. I'm like, yo, I'm in a meeting. And he says to me, um, I want to quote what the text says. Um, what do I have him? Nor- I got there. Storming Norman I have him saved under. <laughs> that makes sense. Storming. He's, he's always starting storms. Yeah, so this is what... He sent to me. I said on a me. I said uh, March twenty first exactly happened. I said on a meeting. He says I'm getting calls from the city in reference to you. I'm just confused. Can you ask me whatever you you can ask me whatever you want. So there, red flags. I send an email to HUD and Bob Weir in the city department. How did you start getting calls? And this is eight. This is one thirty-three p.m. I sent that email probably eight o'clock in the morning before I went and dropped my kids off. I was drafting it. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to send it. I'm gonna send it off in the morning. Sent it by one thirty. He's getting calls that I submitted a HUD, um, a HUD inquiry. Um, it was like I forgot what it was called. It was something in reference to HUD. You could submit like a notice or a letter of your opinion about what the findings were. So I submitted it as Sinead Darby, as a constituent Sinead Darby, as a council person in my concerns. And he was listed in there. Um, so he reached out to me and then Councilmember Oliver started calling me, right? And Councilmember Oliver and now Stormin are both calling, thinking they can tag team me, basically telling me that um, I need to stop inquiring about it. And I needed to stop asking questions. Um, I told them. Um, I mean, that's just. Why don't you just say you're? <laughs> it's not even a red flag. It's basically like, yeah. I mean, it's like mafiosa sort of business. Yeah, they try to call me on like some mafia stuff. Like y'all got the wrong one. So basically, I just told him through back and forth. Okay, take it personal because he was taking it very personal. That's what y'all do here. And when I say that, I'm talking about Delaware. Yes. And I feel like everyone takes something. If I don't support your piece of legislation, it's personal yes. for people, right? And I think it should be separate. I should be able not to support your legislation, but I can like you still, right? But here it's all intertwined. I said I can ask my questions about uh, – I can ask any questions I want about funds in the city and understand who all the players are. That's my job. It could have been whoever. I'm going to ask what happened, right? So I had to let him know, like, I'm good. I, res- I respect what you do and how you built your business. But if I have to ask questions, um, so basically let him know, like, I'm going to ask the questions. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's Jesus who walked water. I don't care who it was. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going and I'm going to inquire about it. Right. And to call me and to try to get me not to is wrong. And then to have your sister calling me and then she um, then attacks me. And I'm like, oh, OK. Now, 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 let's go. I told y'all to leave me alone. I told y'all to leave me alone. Like, now I know you probably voted for him to have the money. So I put in a complaint specifically just about the hood. Now, I can put in a complaint to ask about the last six years she's been in, six, seven years, and I bet you there's more. 
Um, so that's where the complaint came from. It really stemmed from them, um, mafia team, tag teaming me to try to get me to shut up. And I'm just not that type person. You're not going to get me to shut up about my job. You can't control what I say and what I'm questioning. If it's wrong, it's wrong. I don't care who you are. Yeah, you you bring up a great point because I think generally that stuff, and I've, I've seen it more um, this term at Leg Hall too. It's like, I, I, I need to make sure that I operate in a certain way because these are my friends and I don't want to make my friends mad. Um, and that gets used by, that gets used obviously for nefarious reasons. This is a perfect example. Like nobody, you know, nobody wants to have an argument uh, and nobody wants to kind of blow up people's spots that are like, okay, well, you're, you're siphoning money off and, and doing stuff not by the book and, and whatever. I guess I'm just supposed to like take it so you don't yell at me. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very weird way to operate. I, I know Wilmington operates that way. I, I know General Assembly operates that way sometimes. And it's, it's it's you know, it's just it's just discouraging for people who just want to go and, and try to have, you can't even really have a, a conversation about something. Yep. Because like you said, you can't even ask the question and be like, well, this doesn't look right. We need to go back over this and see what we're doing. Because then you're like offending, you're insulting people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're using that as like a smoke screen so you can run your run your scams, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, alleged. No, not alleged scams. I, I would be happy to, uh, to to talk about, like you said, we can go back through the books and we can we can, uh, you know, we can do discovery uh, in we the can. court and, and take a look. We could take a look and, and we can have a we can have a forensic accountant go through all of our youth. And look at uh, Oliver's Way, and all the, and, and look at the HUD, and we can look at the buildings in Southbridge that are there that we know about. We can do all of that. So you know, if 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 you don't like being talked about in this in this manner, um, yeah, go ahead. And Let's I'm, do it. And you, she, as a council person, it's concerning to me that she's saying that. Oh, I didn't know. Right? She's using that scapegoat. One, the legislation you're you're supposed as a council person is your responsibility to read legislation before you go in there. It's clearly listed in the legislation. And to go even further, you know what your brother entity is. You get I think she gets paid through him, right? I can't confirm because I don't have a W two or a W four, W nine in front of me, but she gets paid and helps her brother with his companies and nonprofits that she has. So to act like you did not know it's problematic. One is just shows the reflection of you as a council person that you wasn't prepared and read if you really didn't read it. Right. You're either completely inept uh, or, you know, you did know and, you know, and it's uh, They know most they, people they know. don't know how to hold them accountable. Right. There's no accountability system, so they know they can get. There's more stuff that I've been sitting in meetings. I'm like, this is really wrong. The things they say about people, how they interact, what they do in secret meetings they have. But when Council Member Walsh was alive, they would have like um, um, meetings out of violation um, and everything. Um, so it's just, it's sickening. Those are just the things that are being exposed. There's more. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, let, let's take another, another one that has um, sort of gotten some publicity and, and some news. Uh, the... Um, the nepotism hiring discussion. Um, there was a there was a push to um, control sort of nepotism hires and family hires 
um, on, on the council and in the city. And the discussion around that was rather funny. I found it rather funny because yeah. people were just like, like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of make any argument to sort of continue the status quo because they've learned this. They've sort of learned how to work the system. Um, on the other hand, they do. The, the point that was made was that across this happens across the state, um, so it's it's a little bit difficult to hold, say, the city council to a standard that's not held for a state position. Say, I hate when held, they say that. Or not held. Right. I, I I'm not saying that I like it. I'm <laughs> saying that it is it is true. You're right. So the the only and and I find myself in a in a in a in a very strange and uncomfortable and awkward position of like agreeing with James Spadola. Which I Isn't don't, that weird? I feel like, weird. With you. Doesn't yeah. it feel weird inside? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're it like, does. is this right? I don't know whether this this is an icky feeling. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. I mean, his 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 comment was actually uh, well well noted by me. Was like, well, as you said before, we're the council. Should, we're the public facing representatives of each part of the city. Um. Shouldn't we hold ourselves to some kind of standard and be an example? For people and, and do it first, like it kind of makes sense to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that 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 actually made a lot of sense to me in that in that case. Um, do you want to speak on that a little bit and how that ended up? Yeah. So that was Council Member James Fadola. He is the Republican on the city council. Um, yeah. So a lot of times when I do agree with him, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Um, but I do agree with him on a lot of things about like he's really big on transparency. Um, holding people accountable, which I'm really big on too. So I was in full agreement with it, and a lot of the responses to it made no sense. Or and the main person who was against it was Councilmember Oliver, right? And then she goes around, and as you should do with your legislation or things you support or don't support, and trying to get other people to agree with you. Um, and in that, I'm just like, we don't we talk about city council being this professional type of profession but we don't want to be held accountable to those levels right and it's like a a different it's like a separate conversation when they love the title the authority the power but they don't want to be held accountable for those things and that's just another example of that so i was in i was in support of the legislation it's not going to pass on this city council at all and then what really made me upset is that the um state chapter naacp mouse richard smith going to come out and speak for it i mean against it because um, he's friends with Councilmember Oliver, and then use the NAACP name in this when the NAACP should be speaking out for transparency. That's what, or, and then there was just a police shooting, um, of the guy with this uh, who was um stabbing himself over South Bridge, and then the police shot him. But y'all didn't come out and speak about that. Like they, like that whole meeting was just like, I am over this. Okay, I am over the people commenting. I'm over the city council people. I'm over the lack of accountability and holding us to a different standard than other people. We think. I, just, I don't know. They get on council. They just think they're regular people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a, and maybe, you know, I don't know if you get a sense of this or not, and I'm not even really sure how to articulate it. There's a sense that, like, powerful people do this. Like, they are able to leverage their power for, you know, personal gain. You know, Mike Przicki lives in a mansion in, in the Highlands, and and he has... Find you know he for a long time worked for the Riverfront uh, Redevelopment yep. Corporation, and so the fact that that BPG 
you know, his his chief of staff has or has BPG connections. And so, like, people see that and they're like, well, I want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Why am I why am I as a, you know, somebody, you know, a, 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 a black um, city council person from one neighborhood not able to leverage my power the way Mike Przicki can level le- right. leverage his. And, you know, I think that's why. And this is, I guess, what the question is. I think that's why groups like the NAACP, people like Mouse, people like on that side of it, I think that's why they do that. I think it's completely wrongheaded and a big mistake. But I feel like they're compelled to sort of support uh, others when they know that it's being done at even a greater scale elsewhere in the city. Yeah, no, That's what I think. No, I agree with you actually with that thought. I'm gonna have a whole thing about the NAACP, but yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, uh, yes. Feel feel one. free to share if you want to, but you know, I I don't. Oh I'm, yeah, no, I'm I'm in the middle of a takeover. Like, yeah. uh, complaint letters to nationals, complaint letter. Like I've been on the conversations on phone calls back and forth, asking for removal of people. Um, bylaws are not being followed on the. Wilmington um, branch level and on the state level. And it's for me, it's like you asked, I didn't even ask to be a part of this. I was given a membership. Like the state chapter president gave me a membership card that said Newark, by the way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? Because um, the Wilmington NAACP chapter is controlled by a guy named Charles Brittingham and he runs it how he wants to run it. Um, but so Mouse runs Newark and then he's the state chapter president. But for me, it was like, you give me a card one. And then I find out in the bylaws, if I don't work or live there, I can't even be a member. So <laughs> am I really a member? Right. Right. So, but I get a membership card and then you expect me not to question or be a part of the institution. And then when I start questioning it, then you start to shun me out. Right. Because a lot of times when you go as a black person, go into black spaces, a lot of times they expect you just to go along with the get along and not hold them accountable. So now the same way I'm holding other people accountable who aren't in black spaces, who aren't black, I'm going to hold y'all to that same standard. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, they're a black owned business. They're a black organization. You should just support them. No, I'm going to one, I'm a, I'm a support because they're black, but then also I'm going to look into it more. And then once I see things aren't right, then I'm backing up or I'm going to try to change it. Right. I'm not in it. The blindly support just because they're black. Like, yes, I support because they're black. But then once I see something isn't right, I'm like either going to call it out or I'm falling back. And at this point, I'm calling it out on all levels. And a lot of people are not liking it right now. Like, I know I'm burning a lot of bridges. It makes the work harder, though. That's what I said when you talk about, like, getting pushed back out of it because you're asking questions. The fact of the matter is that if you're supposed to have blind loyalty, or not, not blind, actually, Seeing, you know, supposed to have loyalty. loyalty. <laughs> See, yeah. If 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 you're supposed to support the black cause and the black business, regardless, even if it's corrupt, even if people are doing it for their own financial interests, even if people are cutting it. backroom deals, you lose all credibility. You know, you don't have you don't have credibility. Now, again, are 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 you uh, are are you you know, hold, you're trying to hold everybody accountable, but are other people corrupt? Yes. But you can only, you you can only do you know you're a member of this organization. You're working with the organization. You can keep them. You can try yeah, to keep and, them and thinking and, and, and you know t- together and 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 not corrupt as best you can. Because again, 
the scrutiny is going to be high, and if you look corrupt, you, you, you just you lose all credibility. Yeah, and just thinking of it, going back to Councilmember Oliver when she called me that day, she said that I, I am not in support of black small businesses. And so then I, at that moment, I asked her to make a decision on her feelings about me. Because in other conversations, and especially in the newspaper, when, she, when I said something about the FOP or reposted a picture of, of police officers in a KKK hood. We love it. We love to see it. <laughs> she stated in the, in the paper with the FOP, with, who was a white man, and the mayor, who was a white man, condemned me for my behavior and words. And she called me a racist, right, towards white folks. So then I'm sitting here thinking, are you... Who don't I like? Like, make a decision. Am I a racist or I hate black businesses? Am I pro-black or not pro? Like, you got to come with a narrative here. Choose one. Right? Yeah, and then that's what. You, well, <laughs> like, and that's which what, one am I? <laughs> there, there's the issue. There's the perfect. There's the perfect issue that you find. It's like they don't want. They don't want a lot of heat. So it's like, well, don't don't make don't make inflammatory comments to make the cops or the mayor mad because we're working behind the scenes to do our own deals. Right. So the the more you the, the more you bring heat. And smoke from there that makes their makes their deals harder to broker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So their like their narrative is going to be whatever you know, just to protect their own interests. You know, if yeah. if at one time you're you're bringing, you know, you're, you're bringing too much heat to, you know, the council, they're going to say you're racist against white people. If you are bringing heat against you know, some of the deals that they're doing, you know, you're not supporting the team. If you're, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be contingent upon whatever their interests are. And so it's never going to be, you know, it's, ne- you're never going to get a straight, like, this is where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm this like, is, that's what? what it is. Uh, so the next, next city issue that I know since, since, since we, we brought up the, the, the famous post of the, the police with the hoods on. Yes. There's been several um, sort of things I want to talk about, but the first thing I want to talk about is this lawsuit that I just read about that's br- being brought against the police department for the way they do phone searches. Um, is that from the ACLU? I think oh. this is from a former former officer. Oh, okay. Who... Uh, who had uh, her phone searched, but then more stuff pulled off of it because the, the search warrant wasn't specific or it was just like, we're going to take the phone and take everything we want off of it. And it's like, well, what is the procedure when, when you do that? And they're like, well, we don't have one. I'm like, oh, you don't say. <laughs> right, of course. You, you know, and, and, it, and it, it, it struck me because just, I think, this week, the, the second Tower Hill uh, pederast, the second, you know, uh, like uh, – pedophile over there was was uh, sentenced um and the the article mentioned the wheeler case the first tower hill pedophile um whose conviction was overturned because the F- wilmington police didn't know how to do a proper search and, and completely botched um the search mm-hmm. so it's like um these th- i i hope i i hope that there's more sort of attention paid to this kind of stuff uh, because, you know, a lot of stuff has come out about, well, we, we saw James McCall um, sentenced. Mm-hmm. I guess the Samuel Waters, the, the officer who slammed the guy's head into the, the glass at the bodega in Southbridge, yeah. I think that got, I don't know what the status of that is, because my understanding was that trial was supposed to start last month, and it, I don't think it did. 
So I don't know what the, I know it didn't start, but I don't know what the status is. But yeah, I know it hasn't started. Yeah. So so I I, I, I when I was at when I, I went a couple days to the McCall trial and I remember talking to um the assistant uh, AG uh, deputy AG Denny, who is in charge of um you know basically prosecuting public officials. So he was gonna do that one too. So I should probably get touch get in touch with them. But yeah. but yeah, yeah I, I mean we have a new chief. Um, I don't know. I I assume that that doesn't mean anything. Um, I don't know if you it. if you if you have a feeling for like it's just more of the same. I, I don't think there's going to be no, no no discernible changes in policy or anything. No, I think it actually makes it harder for change. And I say that because well, when I look at like policing or the criminal justice system, it's systemic. It's like a system in play. No matter if, um, of course, um, white folks benefited from it the most, but black and brown people can participate in it, right? So you have a lot of black and brown officers participating and upholding a structure, right? So it doesn't matter if the chief is black, white, Hispanic, purple, or blue. They're going to uphold that standard. They're going to uphold what it means to be a police officer. They've been, you get, when you go through the academy and you're in something like that, they like put, like I'm in the military and there's still things like, they like indoctrinate you into like believing certain things and being a certain way, right? And I'm not fully b- full blown on like huh, like military or anything like that, but I know people who are, and there's like a community. It's like you, they stick tight, right? And that's how police officers are too. So they stick tight. And for me, I think it's harder because now we have a the first, and I think representation is everything. I think it matters, right? And I'm so glad we have our first Hispanic. Um, chief of police for the city of Wilmington. And, you know, it shows, like, we're opening up. We're allowing different people to take positions. I'm all for representation, right? But then there's another conversation oh, when people of color or black or brown people are put into positions. They're like, oh, we made it. We're good. There's nothing wrong with the system, right? So that I think it makes it harder when I'm making claims about things where they're like, but the chief is brown. He's he's Puerto Rican. He's, he's from Wilmington. Like, you know, like, those are the things I'm getting. And it's like, no, there's still a problem. We still have to address it. Nothing changed just because he became chief. It's still the same issues beforehand, right? So now all of a sudden they're erased. They're gone. Oh, the police department should be running fine now because we have someone who's from Wilmington and someone who's brown. Yeah, I've always uh, wanted to be tear gassed by a, uh, a transgender black uh, cop. I think that would be very good. That would be a lot. Okay. Be, very, yeah. be very diverse, right? Yeah, it'd be now, very it doesn't diverse. matter, right? Like yeah, you said, it, we have to. And, and I, of course, we've both been trying to do it for as long as we've known each other. Um, we have to make it clear that these are systemic institutional problems. Mm-hmm. So when we say that um, there is a systemic institutional problem with the police and you say, well, there are black police, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Or that the, 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 we have a Puerto Rican uh, police chief who's from Wilmington. That doesn't mean anything. The problem is a systemic problem. And so... While we can, while we can, and I agree with you, while we can celebrate diversity and inclusion and making sure everybody has an opportunity to be part of all of the different, uh, all the different organizations and systems that run the city or the state or the country, we do have to remember that the critiques of those systems don't change because somebody looks different or has a different set of of personal experiences. Um, if there's no change. They're yeah, still the cops. Still They're still the, the cops. Yes. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It drives me crazy when we're in meetings. I'm like, oh, let's give them a chance. No, we still need to be pressuring them about an audit. Th- that that does not change because last year, city council made a resolution 
um, basically stating that um, they don't have there. I forgot what it was with the chief of police that we didn't uh, have any trust or belief in him. Oh, um, yeah, it was a. Uh, um, what was it again? Oh, I can't remember. They do it. To, why, is, why is it slipping my mind? It's slipping my mind too. Like, yeah, what do they do in in uh, in, uh, in England when it's a. Uh, a Lack of confidence. Yeah, no lack confidence. of confidence. No confidence vote. Yeah, Jesus it was like Christ. a no confidence. Yeah, we had My a no confidence. A no confidence resolution. And then in there, when they called me, I was just like, well, I don't care who it is. Uh, it's not that I don't have confidence. I don't have confidence in the system. So let's ask for an audit. But then the audit was put in there. We all said yes to the audit. We asked for it in the budget. They budgeted the money for the audit. And as of this, today, it has not been done. What's and the we did not. Um, The administration is the one, the funding that it was budgeted into in the administration's budget. They won't just. They won't do it. So the Przicki administration will not. You will not do. Will not execute the. the will not execute it. Funds were put aside last budget session. City council asked for it. So then this time around, in the beginning, everyone can put out their list of ideas they have for the budget. So mine was let's continue to push the audit. Uh, push for the audit to happen with the police department. So then we have all these meetings and things get eliminated. And that was one of the things that was eliminated because I didn't have enough support. So the only things that everyone sees is what had the the most support you don't see all the other backhand like backhand or back deals or conversations that's happening um so like i asked for like money for north market street that got off the list so you know like different things that i just didn't get in the budget because i didn't have enough support or votes yeah we we only seem to develop uh in in the the southern direction not the northern direction too. yeah we've talked about that too um and we've talked to hanif about it too because they're now trying to encircle and drive people out of Southbridge, or I should say, uh, what is it, Riverfront uh, West? 2.0. R- I call it the Riverfront 2.0. Riverfront 2.0. Oh, they're about to. Yeah, now North Market Street, Market Street on the other side of the river, can do anything can happen. But 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 Riverfront 2.0, boy, that's yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm speaking of speaking of, of development, I don't know if there's anything we can do about this, but, you know, my my – Hatred for BPG runs very deep. I think mine does too. Yeah, you know. And uh, we, we were—I think we were mentioning—we were at the theater end last week um, to see uh, Medina's stand-up uh, in the show there, which—and I like theater end—and we went through uh, the little courtyard there, behind the Brandywine Building and into the Nemours Building. And um, the Brandywine Building is a, is a great example of sort of like brutalist architecture. The Nemours Building uh, is actually a great example of a lot of. Um, uh, I just had a brain lock. Art Deco? Art Deco, thank you. Jesus Christ. Art, yeah, I just had a complete <laughs> brain lock. Very Art Deco. So if you go through the, the, the door, the golden doors, and if you look at some, look at the elevator doors, right. a, very, a lot of Art Deco themes. Well, BPG is, uh, I guess, looking to, to, to change that area. There was an artist rendering of what that courtyard would look like be- behind the Brandywine building and, be- and, the, and the, the Morris building. And it was the most horrendous fucking design <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Can they do anything that doesn't look like absolute dog shit? Is there any way we can get to them and be like, look, you own half the city. I know you're going to do what you want to do. But can you not make everything look so shit? Is I... there anything we can do? <laughs> Did you see? I don't know if you saw that. I haven't. I don't think I've seen that. Um... But they're gonna do what they want down there, and the RDC is its own community within Wilmington. Um, they do what they want. They have their own little entity, um, and they, you know, they try to get out of um, one day paying taxes and stuff. Like, you remember that last of year? Um, so yeah, they're their whole like person over there. So they're gonna do what they want. But I know one piece of legislation that I have that's gonna impact development is um, 
going to be um if they develop um a unit i mean a residential unit at least 30 percent i think the number i went with has to be affordable housing so not even just low low income but different levels of income so that legislation should be coming out in the fall and i know they're going to be against it and i also asked for retroactive for it to be a slow progress for past um apartment buildings or residential buildings that were um that already are established and here down at the riverfront downtown that they also um, um, slowly get up to 30% over a certain period of time. Um, so let's see what happens. It's not for regular people. It's not, it's that not rent for, is wild. Yeah, it's and not for regular people. It's, I'm okay. Like, I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I'm just right here, and I can't afford that. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, nah. Yeah, it's, it's no way. It's it's a it's a it's it's a sad state of affairs when it's it's two separate things, you know. It's like it's almost like apartheid. Like we have we're we're, we're building nice stuff from here over in a separate with a separate idea for separate people and then other people get other stuff. Yeah. You know, I I am happy that, you know, I I saw um our friend uh and US representative candidate Eugene Young uh, in a lot of pictures lately. Um, one was in uh, Southbridge. They got a, a building uh, refurbished that has affordable housing in it. Not many units, but um, also um, community spaces. Um, I saw uh, he did a piece at the Flats on Union Street uh, near uh, Little Italy, which um, I have a lot of history there. So yep. it was nice to see that. It's nice to see that the Flats redevelopment is happening and and, <clears throat> and it's affordable. Yep. So the people that were there, you know, the people who were there can stay in the neighborhood. In, in newer units and nicer units. So that's good. You know, mm-hmm. so there's some good things are happening, but most of the large projects, most of the yeah. money goes to, um, you know, making fancy shit that looks extremely ugly for well-to-do people. Yeah, and I agree. It's, we're just no, there's nowhere to go from that, you know. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to see what we can do. Let's see. I already probably know who my no's are and my yes are, but I'm just going to put it out there just to have that conversation about how do we create more affordable housing through the development that's happening right now. People can live there and should be able to live there. And then I have another piece of legislation that's about um, you. if you live here and you are a skilled worker, you should be able to build your own city, right? So a lot of people who are coming to build up Wilmington are um, – people from outside of the city or from um, surrounding states um, if you see or they don't reflect what the community looks like um, so we have another piece of legislation that's focused on skill that's called skilled laborers matter and it's focused on making sure they're paid well that they're local um, a certain percentage of hours worked and that they're also skilled because we don't want just anybody just pick up anybody from the corner and be like hey listen you live in this neighborhood um, we're going to have sign you up to do roofing. Like, we don't want that, right? We want someone who's skilled and goes through these union or non-union programs because someone t- called it a union bill that I had to correct them and says, I am not here, and I am pro-union, right? I'm very pro-union, but I am not here fighting for any unions. I'm not fighting for any entity. I'm saying this is about people. Like, that is what I am. I'm talking about workers. Like, that is what I'm talking about. Like, I would love to be able to just say, everyone go through a union apprenticeship. I would love that. Right. Because I think they offer, you know, better benefits and pay all of those things. But I also know people need choice and I believe in choice. So if you want to go union or non-union, long as you go get the skills, I, that's all I'm asking for. You get the skills, then you will be able to. Um, and this is only for projects that are um, subsidized by city. So you get some type of incentive, which BPNG 
They get all the incentives, tax incentives. <laughs> they get free building, free land, like at discounted rates. Like they get all of those incentives that so they should be paying it for or paying it back or hiring locals. So that's another piece of legislation that's coming down the pipe. And I know that they're not going to be fans of it. And I'm okay with that. So Yeah, I mean, it's important just to make the point. Like whatever happens, at least you can say, hey, you know, BPG gets tax abates, abatements. They get free land. They get deals for construction. They get all of this stuff. And they can't even they can't even accommodate you know, 30% affordable housing for people who already live here and need some place to live? Yeah. Okay, let's have that conversation. Yeah. Like, does it go anywhere? No, but we, we need to have a public conversation and a public reckoning with how we're developing the, the, the city. Mm-hmm. Last big question. I think this might this might drag out a little bit because I'm interested in your, in your thoughts. Because I think I talked to Kobe about it. I talked to Hanif about it. The... Reparations Task Force. You familiar with it? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay, and you know everybody who's who's on it. Has, has have they done? Have they, have they met yet? Are they? Do they have an agenda? I mean, I know That's we went through we went through the people who were on it. We weren't like there are a few people on it that were like, okay, that, that's a that's a that's a solid person, you know, Miss Coker and all that. That's solid, but I'm I'm you know I, I'm suspicious of. Or I, I I don't I don't know I'm not sure what their what their thoughts are like what the plan is people hear reparations they think a particular thing um, and I don't know whether I think that particular thing is worth spending a lot of time on um, because there's a way to get to the, there's a way to get to that without going through that particular going down that path um, which what's your general thoughts on it and do you know whether they have sort of a plan or things that they're looking at. Uh, is it just yeah. more of an informal um, sort of public discussion? Because I know that when it first came out, I think the the quote somebody made was like, hey, at least we're going to have sort of a public sort of discussion and a public reckoning um, with it, which I think is good. Um, I just don't know whether they have a plan to actually do anything proactive and, and whether that's going to go anywhere right. and whether the and whether the time spent sort of arguing about it could have been spent just doing something that's more universal that will impact um, that will impact those communities, black and brown communities and communities that actually probably should get some sort of reparations will impact them even more if we just do a thing and say, oh, this is going to impact this community so much. Right. So that's kind of where I'm coming The from. way we're doing the reparation task force, I'm not in support of, right? Okay. It's the general idea of reparation task force and reparations, I'm definitely in support of because it has happened in other cities and states where reparations have been set up. Um, and currently I've been, and I think they finalized the California. I was listening to it a few times. Um, what was really cool is you can stream and listen to the task force. I was listening to like, you know, how they were going to define it, what they were going to do in California and San Francisco in regards to their reparations task force, specifically with the one in um, Wilmington. Um, it went through a city council vote um, in the prior session. Um, we appointed people in my session, um, and I'm not too familiar with a lot of people who were appointed. So I really, except for like the BB Cokers of the world, you know, like the like them. But I'm not really too familiar with too many people on the task force. Um, I really wasn't a part of that conversation. Um, but what I do know is that they had a few informal meetings. Um, meeting. She's gonna have to wait. 
um, have a few informal meetings. And with the informal meetings, um, I know they were able to elect, like, who's the chair, who's the vice chair. Like, they were able to do very basic things. Outside of that, I haven't heard of anything. However, um, you know, it has to go through city council vote. And then this is another um, part of the city council where I'm like, how do we get anything done? We're not effective. Like, we go through the whole process of voting for a task force to exist, and then we say, you're on your own. Right. It didn't make sense to me because I have another task force called the fees and fines task force. Um, and in that I was like, OK, what supports do I get? You know, can we use the committee room? Can we get it on WITN? I'm like excited for it because I listen to other task force for different things across the country. And they were like, oh, no, you just record it and have your own meetings. We don't even help you send out calendar invites for them. I'm like, Really? So then I was just like, went back and forth for my staff. It was like a tension because I'm like, it makes no sense. And I was like, you know what? I had to, I really don't like doing it, but I'm like, you know what? Just legislate it. That's what I'm here for. I'm the legislator in the room. So let's just legislate that all task force will be able to use the committee room. They're foyable and that they can get recorded by WITN. So after I put in a request, they have like this emergency meeting and they're like, um, it's foyable. It's supposed to have a seven-day posting with the agenda, and you can use the committee room. Because they told us before we're not allowed to use the committee room because we're not official. I'm like, how are we not official if city council has to go through voting for it to exist? It made no sense to me. So going forward now, we they, are, they will be able to use the committee room. And right before I came in here, I got a call that now we're no longer able to use WITN. But beforehand, before today, we were able to have it recorded. So what would that have done is that it would have been a more of a public conversation, meaning it would have ran on the local channel. You can tune in and listen online or on social media. Now they're saying you got to still record on your own. So then I just asked them, can y'all put that in writing to me in an email and called it a day because I'm going to have to fight that a different way now because they're saying that they think that it's going to be they're in negotiation with Comcast. I'm for WITN and they think that it's going to violate or jeopardize the contract with Comcast if we go forward with having task force recorded by WITN. So I just said, put that in writing, please, at this point, because that didn't make sense to me. And I was on my way here, so I really couldn't like dive too deep into that. And I'm like, just put it in writing. Just I, put it in writing. I think this is what frustrates people, too, because <laughs> it's like, it's it's like, OK, the, the city council approved it. Um, it's a public so now and, it, and it's a public task force, uh, you know, given blessed by our public uh, representatives. Um, but the conver and, and but now the conversation can't be as public as it can be because we're worried. I mean, that sounds a little weird, actually. I, I, like, I would like to know, like, what what the public access channel that gets beamed to Comcast, why they would have a problem with a task force talking about reparations. I mean, that's just that's task just, force voted by city council cannot be recorded like absolutely blows my mind yeah yeah and i'm and, and and the other frustrating part is like i'm interested in what like what they want to do like how do they want to do they want to prove that they want to bring in experts to to prove something do they want to look for programs that are targeted for and, and how are they going to target them um and and again, yeah, I just I think I, I just think this idea. There's nothing yet, right? And, I, and <laughs> like again, the, the, I'm always like, look, the best way to do reparations is give everybody health care. You know, and then that the the, the impact of that would be, um, it would be felt in low income communities and in black and brown communities the most. You know, or you know, raise the minimum wage, or do these things that are going to 
they're good for everyone, but the impact to the communities that you're talking about that actually deserve reparations are going to be incredibly large. Yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying, but then I think of the conversation against like e- equality and equity, right? So like everybody gets health care, but there's still a lot of disparities that doesn't fix that because everyone has asked. Like, you know, the right. conversation of like access. access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. um, and then like we all can have access to it, but is it the same? And it might like access to someone who has money and don't have money, someone who's black and white, someone who is straight and LGBT in the in LGBTQ community, right? There's all even though there's access, there's still because of the different communities, history, systemic issues that other groups of people who are the who are considered the other still needs a little bit more TLC. Yep. Right? No, I, I, I can buy that. So that piece is like where I am with that is like even when we have a conversation about men, women, or whatever it may be, whatever the, 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 the group is, it's like that group still needs a little bit more because of that conversation. So yes, healthcare for all, but then we need to talk about the conversation to if we talk about immigrants and citizens, like what does it look like as an immigrant? They might need a little bit more TLC than someone else who's a citizen. And I'm okay with that, even even if I'm not a part of that group. Yeah, and I think that's the big question too, is the the idea, the change to people's idea of like who who deserves something. Mm-hmm. Like who we like like we means test everything. Right. Um, but like we should look at the, the the idea of who needs more resources and or how we redirect resources mm-hmm. redistribute wealth we'll say um the, the way we do that needs to be understood and, and, and people don't want to have that conversation they don't like to hear but like who deserves what and and so that's why i'm interested in it because i think it's an incredibly powerful conversation, conversation to have in public yeah. and but like maybe <laughs> let's try to get it as public yeah, as we can. I, don't, I don't it's not going to be as public because if you ask a task force to like record like the fees and fines task force we recorded the first one on our page how many people is following the fees and fines page. Like, not a lot of people, right? But the impact you can have on the public when it's on WITN is way greater than me just going live stream on social media, right? Um, so with the reparations task force, I am going to continue for any task force, like going forward, one, putting it on record, because I'm like, if I didn't question this, we would still be treating task force the way we treat task force, right? If I didn't, and, and not even just question it, if I didn't flex whatever little bit of power I have to say legislate it, they would have never looked into it further, right? And they would have continued to give me pushback on, no, that's just the way it is. Like, okay, if that's just the way it is, let's change it. I'm a legislator. But with those things, it's like, with the reparations task force, I don't know exactly what they're what they're supposed to do. I think what they're supposed to do is come up with ways to apply reparations to the city of Wilmington. If we really cared about the reparations task force too, we would have put money towards it because they got to produce a uh, report. They need things like that. We, as a city council, I didn't even think about it until after the budget. I was like, Hmm, I guess we didn't put money towards that, but I wasn't a part of the original conversation with the resolution. But even as a council person now, I didn't think about it. And I was like, maybe I should have thought about like, how do we put money behind what they're doing so that they can get reports, official people, experts, witnesses, and different people to come in and say, this is the issue with the city of Wilmington. But we already did a disparity study, too. And we already know there's disparities that exist. So that can help them, too, to be able to come up with these are the solutions and this is what we should do as a city. Other cities have did things like what their reparations is like housing. They, they, you don't have to, they pay the down payment for your home. 
Like things like that have yeah, happened. I've in seen the one I when I did my research on it. That was the one big one I saw. A couple of them. I think there's a big it was focused city on in housing. Illinois. Or I think around yeah, most of Chicago. them are focused on housing. It's, it was yeah. housing. It was like we'll, we'll subsidize your rent, uh, or we'll pay the down payment on a home if you qual- you know, off you know, financially qualify for a mortgage or something. So yeah, um, I, I I know that there are things that that could be very that could be done. That could be very impactful. I just don't know where this one's going. That's yes, why I said I don't. Yeah, I, don't listen, know yeah. The Wilmington reparate, like anything that comes out of the city of Wilmington is going to be. I'm just be honest. It's disorganized. It's all over the place. There's no real policies or procedure. No one questions anything. And then when you are questioning, you get a lot of pushback. So it's like I don't know what's effective about what we do at this point. Last thing we got to promote um, one of the most um, powerful important um and one of the newer uh organizations nonprofit organizations uh in the state black mothers in power love it <laughs> what is good i mean look is the right from the beginning incredible people just coming out supporting it um how many classes of doulas have you has have gone we're through? on our third cohort so third. they last for about a year so we've been a nonprofit for three years now so you i know so what is what is, is anything going on? People should go. So you have a third cohort of doula training. Yes, yes. So we have a third co- um, cohort of doula training. We also um, are opening up a Black Mother Empowered Center, so people will be able to come to the center for lactation support, for birthing support, parenting support. We'll have like different in person now. You know, COVID is over. We can do more in person workshops and trainings at the center. And like the the ultimate goal is to put a center in each county. And then we're also working with on trying to establish a birth center um, in the city of Wilmington because it has the highest infant mortality rate here in the city of Wilmington. And also working on some, um, we finally were able to hire an organizer, hopefully in the next few weeks, and really do more organizing work with the hospitals, the birth center that exists here, um, because they have to do a, a lot more policy friendly friendly policies for doulas, midwives. And then we have the um, hospital, the Wilmington Hospital, which is now Christiana Care bought years ago, where they did all this development, all these great things, right? And they know that homicide rates are the highest in Wilmington, and they know that infant mortality rates are the highest in Wilmington. They didn't build a trauma unit, and they did not build a maternal care unit. Like, And it blows my mind that we have a hospital right here, but a lot of people have to travel to Newark to have their baby or travel to Newark if they get shot, knowing that we had a hospital right here. Why didn't y'all build a trauma unit there, a maternal care unit? Because all of all, some of us can't get birth at home or a birth center. Some of us are going to have to participate in institutions. So, like, how do we make sure the institutions are safe um, and accessible to people who need to use those institutions, right? So I'm all for fighting within the institutions, and then how do we develop our own, like a birth center, right? We got to do both because we know that people are going to interact with both. So... For me, it's like really like trying to do more of the organizing work. So we're going to get an organizer to really like have these real conversations with the hospitals because they've been missing from the conversation. So we're having these conversations and it's really good that we got a doula training program. We got all of these things. But the problem is the system. The problem is the hospitals and they're not being addressed yet. Shanae, you're a you're a warrior. I appreciate I, it. I love it. I love it. I mean. We when we talk about sort of WFP affiliated elected officials, you know, we're trying to you know build this sort of team in Dover and support them and, and have them sort of. But you're 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 battling by yourself. 
So we got to find some people to get. We, we, you, yeah, you need, I need we, some people. We, on we need council, some people. Man. We need some people. So, <laughs> so I hope people listen to this. I hope people get excited. Hey, look, you could jump in. You could be a warrior too. So, <laughs> and I'm not looking for someone to agree with me on everything, right? We don't right. have to agree. We don't have to be on the same like. Sometimes we agree line. with James Padola. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I agree with James Padola. Yes, but I just feel... want somebody who wants to do the right thing, like yeah. the right thing for the community, not because they got ties to the administration or to BPNG or any large entity. Like, just I'm here to do the right thing, right? I'm not here for the power authority. I don't want to take a whole bunch of pictures and be at all these events. Like, just do the right thing. Right. That's all I'm asking for. Do the right thing. That's it, folks. <laughs> Janae, thanks for coming in. Well, anytime. We will talk to you later. Left is best.